Hey, Husky fans. Welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast from Sports Illustrated to Husky Maven channel. I'm Trevor Mueller, and with me today, I have Miles Bryant, Washington standout. Can't even call him a corner anymore because he has played all over the defensive backfield. Uh, Miles, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Preparing for the draft as we speak, but you know, you have one of a, a one of the really, really interesting stories when it comes to uh, your journey to Washington and your journey through the university. So let's start all the way back to um, your recruitment process. What did the coaches tell you your position uh, could be when you got to the university? Uh, when I first came in, they were primarily thinking of me as a corner, so playing outside. Since Coach Lake had coached the Rondé Barber down at Tampa Bay, and he was telling me that we we play uh, pretty similar and we're similar in size and a bunch of other things. And Rondé played outside, so that's why I ended up playing. Um, when I first got to UW, I was playing outside, and then as I started to learn the system more, I moved into nickel, and that's one of the that's one of the, like the harder positions to learn on the defense. Um, since you have to pretty much be a linebacker and a defensive back and captain the defense. So that nickel position, you just really can't throw anybody in there. You have to be well prepared. And, I mean, the past nickels that we've had, those all those guys have been great players, guys like Buda Baker, uh, Taylor Rapp, Kevin King, and now you have Elijah Molden. So, I mean, all those guys, all those guys, smart football players, uh, good ball players, but, I mean, I, I just put myself in the situation when I first got here to be able to play any position. And I just did that by studying the playbook uh, day in, day out, just trying to stay up at night, whether it be sacrificing sleep during camp when everybody wants it, just trying to learn the playbook so I could get out there and perform. That's a really interesting comparison with you or Therande Barber, and I hadn't really thought about it because thinking – you know, having that picture in my head now, I understand the comparison where you guys are really good cover corners, but you guys also tackle really, really well. That that was their pitch to you. What was it that finally led you to pick Washington over uh, primarily the other school that was uh, high on your list? It looked like was UCLA. To be honest, it really wasn't about football. Um, it was mostly about just the culture, the culture up at uh, University of Washington. Just the high school I went to, they had a saying to where they're trying to help you grow as men and as uh, students. And I knew at Washington, if I came here, they had developed NFL talent. So I knew that they would help me develop as a football player. And really, it's, it's like that at, at pretty much every school around the country. But I feel like the difference between them and other schools were that they're going to help me develop as a student and as a man. And I feel like since I've been at UW, um, that's something that I've seen change the past four years. And uh, so that was really like the deciding factor, just understanding that it's not a – people say it's not a four-year uh, decision, it's a life decision. So just understanding that and then just understanding what the program was about and the direction that they were headed. And I feel like I, I picked the right school, and if I had to go back, I would pick the same school again. Yeah, that's awesome. And was there any pause uh, with coming on as a preferred walk-on as opposed to uh, with a scholarship? Uh, yeah, initially, just 
the financial uh, aspect of it. Me being out of state is the um, the finances are much different than in-state students. So that was something that me and my parents had to sit down and talk about. But I mean, they my parents put their faith in me, and then I had faith in myself that I'd come up to University of Washington and earn a scholarship as fast as I can, and that's something that I did. There was no worry about the competitive side of the football side. You knew that if you got onto campus there, you were going to uh, end up seeing. Oh yeah, I mean that's just my mindset. It's no matter where I I would have went, I feel like I would have seen the field just just off how competitive I am, what I bring to the team, and that was never a thought in my head. You earned the scholarship. What was that moment like? Uh, you know, what were the reactions of the of the teams? Coach Peterson and Coach Lake actually did it in a private meeting. It was just myself, Coach Pete, and Coach Lake. And it was right after spring ball. Then they told me that they were putting me on scholarship. And then after that, I just called my mom and dad. They were both tearing up. And then I actually didn't tell anybody else after that. I just, for some reason, like big accomplishments, I just like keeping them to myself because I feel like I – like, only myself needs to know, but a couple guys ended up finding out, and then the word spread around. And then guys were just happy because they, they knew how hard I worked, and they uh, felt like I deserved it, and I earned it. You've mentioned how hard you've worked, and, and anybody who's watched your career knows how hard of a worker you are. Uh, every year, it seemed like you got exponentially better when you were in the program. Uh, but what you never lost was your competitiveness. Was that something that you were born with, or did you learn how to be that competitive? Uh, I feel like it's something everybody has to learn. And luckily for me, I learned it at an early age. Um, playing, I remember playing flag football at four years old, and I was playing with six-year-olds. So I had to understand that these guys, I mean, we weren't, we weren't tackling at the time, so they're not going to try to take my head off, but pretty much they were trying to do the best to beat me that they can. And then I feel like just the city I come from, Pasadena, there's so many great athletes and I feel like I'm not even close. I'm not even close to being one of the best athletes there. There's a bunch of athletes there, but they didn't get the chance to make it out. Just got lost down the road. But I mean, every time, whether it be baseball, football, basketball, we're playing pickup basketball, you got to bring your A game or else those guys are going to they're going to beat you and let you know that they beat you. So I feel like it was it was something I was I was raised around just playing, playing with older guys. Um, like I said, whether that be pickup basketball or just free for all football, just playing with those guys. And then that just translating. And then over the years, going in high school ball and then going to college, just translating that competitiveness on the field and then also trying to um, help my teammates bring, bring out that competitive side to themselves. Do you consider yourself a vocal leader because of some of the, uh, the attitude that you uh, bring? Not necessarily. Um, I mean, if you ask a lot of people, they'll probably tell you that I don't say much, but uh, I feel like if, if it's, if it's needed, then, then I'll come around and I'll say it. But for the most part, I just try to lead by example. Uh, I feel like the be- that's the best way to lead rather than just verbally saying it, but by your actions. So, I mean, that's something I feel like I've done my whole football career, just 
showing guys giving giving a hundred percent effort and just empty your tank, giving everything you have. And I feel like that's something that guys learn by playing with me. And then just seeing my attention to detail, like just trying to watch film all the time. And then especially this year, you know, we had we had four new starters in secondary and then a couple of those being true freshmen. So yeah. I mean, I was just trying to do my best part to show those guys what I what I was shown by guys like Kevin King, Sidney Jones, and Buddha. So, just trying to just trying to pass the torch down um, to those guys so they could keep this this thing as the West Coast DBU rolling. Yeah, absolutely. And we're definitely going to come back to those guys. But what what were the kind of things that you were telling those guys, uh, namely like the Cameron Williams and the Asa Turner and Trent um, McDuffie? I mean, I. I would try to break it down as simple as it was to those guys that, yeah, you're playing college football and it's something that you dreamed of, but it's the same game that it was when you were playing when you were five years old. It just happens to be in front of 70,000 people every weekend. So I just try to break that down to them, that don't go out there and overthink overthink the game. You've been playing this your whole life. Just trust your instinct. You already know the playbook. Uh, in uh, unsurmountable time with Coach Lake and our our whole defense just going through it. So really, just going out there, feeling free and playing. I mean, this is something you dreamed of. So just go out there, get loose, and just understand it's just the game of football. It's the game you love. It's nothing more. And with those guys, there were times more at the beginning of the year where uh, there were some uncharacteristic chunk plays given up. Uh, what was your role in uh, getting those guys to rebound? Um, just that? understanding that it happens. I feel like the defensive back yeah. position, that's one position that really takes a lot of blame for a lot of the stuff that goes on in the defense. Like, let's let's say you send sure. a six-man blitz and they don't get there, but then you see the ball being thrown over our head. That Like, anybody in the stands could – could want to point blame at us and I mean there were times where we for sure where we for sure uh messed up a coverage blew a coverage and I just try to tell those guys like it's ha- it happens but now you got to bounce back I feel like everybody has a saying it's it's uh 10% of what happens to you 90% of how you react so I mean that's something that our, our whole team preaches that whatever happened the last play you can't do nothing about it like you literally can't do anything about it so the best you could do is just go, go to the next play, and um, that's something that that's something that I feel like those guys did. I feel like at the beginning of the season, we had a couple mishaps, but then as the games and the weeks kept progressing, those guys started stepping up, and they wanted some big time ball games. Oh, absolutely, and that's that's what I was really impressed with was how I mean the defense as a whole there wasn't a ton of returners from uh, from the previous year, especially uh, in, in the defensive secondary, but even on the line, you know, losing some of those names, you know, losing Greg Gaines is a big deal. And the way that the defense as a whole played, but the second half, I mean, the defensive backfield was really, really hard for throwers to get anything accomplished on. Um, so, and, and that's kind of what I was, getting at is is your leadership in that but even moving on a little bit farther deeper into the mind of a high level corner what kind of things do you have to tell yourself when 
you know, you're, you're playing an educated guessing game a lot of the times with some of those guys. And, you know, uh, you get beat. Sometimes you win some of those times. What has to be, uh, I kind of see it as baseball, uh, a comparison to baseball with, you know, as a batter, you're not going to, you're not going to get a hit every, every walk up. Um, you might get walked or you might get struck out. Like those guys go one for three and going one for three is a good thing. So I, I see it I see it as the same for DBs. Right. Of course you don't want to get scored on one out of three times or whatever, but um it happens. I mean those guys that we play against they're good too. So they work out just like we work out. They right. practice just like we practice. So it's gonna happen. Um I mean even the best get beat. So just understanding that if I get beat, I just gotta get ready for the next play because if I don't if I'm thinking about, oh, I just got beat, everybody's looking at me, everybody's blaming me, then it's probably going to happen again. And then it just becomes a repetitive thing, and now Absolutely. you're in your own head. So, in my opinion, that's one of the toughest positions, that and quarterback, just mentally just trying to bounce back from bad plays and good plays. And that's the thing, though. You make a good play at DB, you get a pass breakup, the offense could go right back at you and score on you. So you always just got to be ready, locked in, and just be in the present moment. That's one thing I noticed about your your game is that it seemed like from either in the stands or watching from the couch that you played every down with 100% confidence yeah, in your ability. I feel like that's something, just thinking about it now, I feel like that's something I've progressed, I progressed upon from my uh, – Sophomore year to junior year. Um, sophomore year, that was my first year starting. I felt like I was just out there, and it was kind of yeah. like uh, not necessarily I got thrown in the fire, but I was just out there just playing with pure instinct and wasn't wasn't really in tune with how how it should be played. And I feel like my junior year, that's when I started becoming more and more focused, like, all right, I just got a. I just made a TFL or interception or PBU in this play. It doesn't matter. I I act like it never happens. Or this guy just caught a ball on me. Or it never happened. I just got to go to the next play. So just understanding that there's probably like 70 snaps within the game. So I need to have 70 moments of just being focused, just locked in. And so I feel like that's something I progressed upon. And even now, I feel like there's more room for improvement for that. Just becoming more focused and more detailed and just being within the snap more present. You're, you get to your junior year and you're one of the best slot corners uh, in, in the Pac-12. You're the best slot corner in the Pac-12. It comes around for your senior year and it just so happens that the University of Washington has two of the best slot corners on one team. Who made the decision to move you to the safety spot? And were you was that something yeah, that you were looking um, forward to? So going back to the Rose Bowl game, uh, Taylor Rapp was out with a hip injury, and we were looking to put somebody back there at yeah. safety. And uh, I was getting reps throughout the week at free safety. Going into the next season, Coach Lake, uh, he liked how that looked. So – I mean, me and him, I'm always down for a new challenge. So I've been playing nickel the past two years, and I kind of wanted to do something new. And it just so happened that we lost two safeties. 
and we needed some replacement. So I was able to step in and, I mean, just me learning the defense early on from my freshman year, I was able to pick things up and really, like, move swiftly and easily at the safety position. So during spring ball, he put me back there. We experimented, and then we both felt comfortable with me being back there. And I feel like I did a, a stellar job back there. You were a, a safety blanket for the rest of the defensive backs to, uh, I thought, play even more aggressively. And the playmaking ability that comes from the free safety job is seems like a, some of it is instinct-driven. And your instincts led you to make some pretty spectacular yeah, plays that uh, senior year. That really came just from the film study, just understanding the opponent, um, understanding our rules, understanding our defense and what the free safety role is. And I actually got a lot of help from T- uh, from Taylor Rapp, just, yeah, just watching how, uh, oh, you how hitting him up, asking him questions. I mean, I feel like he's one of the best safeties to do it at UW, so why not, why not go reach out to him? Learning the free safety position where, uh, like what you were talking about, is it more about the way that your defense, the defense flows, or was it more maybe about uh, the specific quarterback you were facing uh, that week? I feel like a little bit of both. Just and that when you play against these um, top-rated quarterbacks, uh, they're going to feel a lot more confident than other quarterbacks. So... I mean, those guys, they'll try to look you off one way and then end up hitting, hitting the pass, uh, looking the other way. So um, you just got to understand your personnel. But I definitely felt more responsibility just it being that I was the last line of defense, whereas nickel, I could play aggressive. If I go and shoot a screen in the backfield and happen to miss the tackle, or somebody catches a slant on me or whatever, then I understand that I have safeties back there to to cover me up. But if I'm back there at safety and I blow a coverage or I miss the guy, I miss the tackle, miss the running back coming out the backfield, then I'm the last line of defense and it'll probably be a touchdown. So just understanding that um, our safeties have to, have to protect Husky Nation is what Coach Lake would say. And just keeping Husky Nation safe and just I love trying to erase any big things that happen. <laughs> I, I love that, me- yeah. that metaphor. That's awesome. Now let's let's move to some of the highlights of your of your career. I'm gonna tell you mine and then I'd like to hear uh, your favorite play of your career. My favorite play is actually like it's not necessarily one that sticks out, but it was the Colorado game your junior year, where uh, it was in the second half you guys were up by a touchdown and Colorado had been able to move out of uh, within their 10 yard line. Right. They got up to about the 30 yard line and you uh, on a third down to, to get them a little, you know, around the 45, the, the receiver ran a comeback and you read it and uh Got in, the, dove, knocked it down, and then let Steven Montez know what you did. Um, that's my favorite play. Yeah, I remember it. Um, I don't know if you remember that one. Because me and uh, me and Montez, was... we we trained together for combine training, so we talked about the play and the past battles we've had. I, you know what? It, it looked like two 
really, yeah, really confident I mean, that guy is going as after competitive each other. as they get. I don't think mine is a highlight play. It's not like a well-known play, but it was against Washington State my sophomore year. It was, I believe, the fourth quarter, and they were on their own 10-yard line, and then they ended up like running a screen. I was lined up at nickel, and then they ran a screen, and one of the linemen comes out, and then he tries to block me, and then I ended up chopping his legs and flipping him over me, and then I ended up making the tackle uh within the same play so that was like one of my favorite plays just being able to flip the lineman but also standing straight up while flipping him so that was yeah that so i think that was one of my favorite that is plays. Awesome. well and one thing that i have never understood is why uh why offensive coordinators would run screens to your side because i felt like that was one of the things that uh, as soon as you came into the program, that was a big strong suit of yours, was breaking up those plays, uh, yeah, just being uh, a sure tackler, honestly. I feel like that was something, you know, you just – it's just an instinct that you just have a feel for the game, have a feel for what the offense is trying to do, especially in, a lot in college football where they're just trying to give the quarterback easy throws and just help them out. Favorite stadium? Oh, this one's easy, the Rose Bowl. And I actually started my first – Wow. My first like official Pop Warner practice was on the Rose Bowl grass, where not inside the stadium, but right outside the stadium, where uh, a bunch of people like tailgate and stuff. So right. I started my football career right outside of there. But I mean, you go ask any kid that plays football in Pasadena, like what's what's something that they want to achieve when they're older, um, and I feel like everybody will tell you to play in the Rose Bowl game. And, I mean, you get guys, they have a rivalry there with John Muir High School, Pasadena High School, to where you play in the Rose Bowl for the rival game. And then, you know, you have guys that go to UCLA, USC, and other Pac-12 schools, and then you play in the Rose Bowl against UCLA. But I feel like only a handful of guys have actually played in the Rose Bowl game. So just to be a part of that, a part of that crew, a part of the guys that are able to achieve the dream, of playing in the Rose Bowl game, the granddaddy of them all. I feel like that's something special, and that's one of the highlights of my um, football career. Yeah, that's really special. If you were being interviewed by an NFL executive, why should they spend a draft pick uh, on I you? I think just the competitiveness I bring. Uh, whether my team is up by 30 or down by 30, um, I'm still going to give everything I have, and – Still, really try to, really try to force my will on the person across from me, and I also feel like my goal is to not only be the best version of myself and maximize my potential, but also do it to everybody around me. So, whether that be teammates, um, coaches, or people in the front office, such as scouts and GMs. So, that was something I, I felt like I did at UW just showing everybody that they could be the best version of themselves. And I feel like if an NFL team drafts me, I'll bring the same approach to the uh, to their organization. And how are you preparing for the draft? I know this is a really weird time. You didn't get a official pro day because of the coronavirus. Um, how are you preparing? Really, I'm still? just finding the open field. Uh, I mean, I've been kicked off a couple fields here and there just for – just because they've been closed <laughs> off, but really just f trying to find any open field I can and 
still trying to do footwork stuff, speed stuff. And then I feel like the most difficult part is probably finding weightlifting. So I really haven't been able to find that, but I mean, I'm making it, I'm making it uh, happen at home, have like a couple dumbbells. And I feel like that's all you really need. You're able to do a lot with that kind of stuff. Just having the right weight, um, having some bands. So, right. I mean, just trying to find a way. I feel like when you want to be great, you'll you'll find a way regardless of the circumstance. You've cemented yourself as a great Husky defensive back in line with other defensive backs. As you exit the University of Washington, is the defensive oh, back? Oh yeah, room- definitely. First, starting with the coaches. Um, Coach Harris and Coach Brown, Coach TB. Um, I mean, those guys, they studied under Lake for a good amount of time. And, I mean, those those guys bring juice. They bring energy. So, starting with the coaches, and then you go to guys like Elijah Molden, Keith Taylor, Brandon McKinney. So, this is their fourth year. And, I mean, they were, they were there with guys like Byron Murphy, Taylor Rapp, Jordan Miller, JoJo McIntosh. And so they understand the standard there. And you also got Isaiah Gilchrist. He's been there for a while. We came in together. You got Trent McDuffie, Asa Turner, Cam Williams, Cam Fab, Julius, I'm Hampton. All three of those guys are as competitive as they get, whether we're weightlifting, running, practicing, or anything. And then you got guys like Mish Powell, um, Zach Brown, Nick Duran. So, I mean, every guy I named in the DB room, I feel like they bring that competitive edge and that competitive juice. And they're all – I know right now that they're all working, trying to get better because I'm still in a group chat with those guys. So, I'm just in there um, just as a pair of eyes. And, I I mean, I see how they talk to each other, telling each other that you guys – you guys still got to put work in over this break. This this break isn't an excuse for us to fall off or anything. So, I mean, I think those guys are in good hands, and I feel like the secondary is going to be better this year than we were last year, and I'm excited to see how they do. And then your thoughts on well, – I'm excited. Uh, I wish Jimmy I had one more year to play just to see just to see how, how everything <laughs> would uh, be inside yeah. of that building, but – I mean, that's the only coach I've I'm, I know that's been more competitive than the players, and I feel like he's going to bring that competitive edge uh, even more to the defense. He's going to bring it to special teams and then to the offense. And I feel like once everybody has that edge and that fire inside of them, um, they're for sure going to be on top of the West Coast, and then they're going to get out there and compete with all the national schools. And I think that they'll they'll come out on top. Husky fans would love to have another uh, year of Miles Bryant in the defensive backfield. Uh, however, we are uh, super proud of you that you're going to go get paid. We're really excited to see where you end up. We know that uh, you have the talent and, and the grit to be an NFL player. And I speak for all of Husky fans is that uh, we're super proud of you. We, uh, we loved watching you develop your. Yes, sir. Go dogs. <laughs>